as I evolved, I started doing different things. Hypnotherapy, theta healing, subconscious belief programming work. And now what I love doing is teaching the patient how to do this work themselves. Because mm. the other problem I was getting was people were coming in and saying, fix me. Tell me what my body's saying today. Like, because it became so cool, right? Like, oh, mm. well, that's cool. That's inside me. But then again, disempowering, it wasn't shifting fully. Welcome to Let's Not Sugarcoat It, a podcast about the real, raw, and unfiltered side of motherhood. We're your hosts, Bella, Alex, and Amy. Let's get into it, ladies. Okay, ladies, we are back in studio here, and today we have Dr. Rena with us. And uh, we did, we always ask our guests for their bios, and Dr. Rena's was very extensive, which we're very excited about. But we decided today we're going to let her tell us everything uh, that we need to know about her. So, Dr. Rena, welcome, welcome, first and welcome. foremost. Yes, Thank you. We are so happy to have you. And um, we are going to let you get right into it. We usually say, let's get right into it. But yeah, we're going to let Dr. Rena get right into it. Uh, tell us a little bit about your yourself. Start with us. What what type of doctor are you? Let's start there and go from there. I'm a naturopathic doctor and I've been practicing for 15 years, graduated in 2008. Nice. Wow. Okay. And you practice here in Kelowna? Yes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your story. What made you become a naturopathic doctor? Uh, when I was 16, I actually lost a circle of hair on my head, mm-hmm. alopecia areata. And I was young and I freaked out and my mom brought me to a naturopath and she gave me this horrible bruise yeast. I don't know if any of you have ever had that before. Uh, It's this horrible concoction you have to drink every day and some B vitamins and it grew back. And I was really curious as to what type of medicine would this be? And my naturopath at the time was like, if you don't if you want to do this career, you better study hard and it's really difficult. So I, not being the best student, put it on the shelf, shelved it. Went through school. And then as I was graduating from just Bachelor of Science in Edmonton, decided, you know what, I'll just try to apply for this field and got in and moved to Toronto. And the first day of school, loved it, went through the whole program and then practiced in Toronto for three years and then moved back to the West. So Fort McMurray, Calgary, and then here. Well, there you go. Sounds like a lot of people's journey, the Fort McMurray, Calgary here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you saved the best for last. That's for sure. I'm so sorry. You said you've been practicing naturopathic medicine now for 15 years. 15 years. years. Or 16. Was it 2008? Well, you just lose track of time when you're doing what you love, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And so practicing here in Kelowna. So um, tell us a little bit. So then you said you started the program and loved it right away. So you kind of felt like you were home. And what was it about naturopathic medicine that, I mean, that's a silly question because it's amazing. But what is it about it that you love so much? Well, when I was in school, it was a bubble. So it was this world of naturopathic medicine. And I guess in my heart, I felt like I had already done it somehow. Like I think a part of my soul- Maybe you have. Yeah. Yeah. was just like, you're a doctor. Like everything was so easy. Like IVs were easy. Needling was easy. Everything was just like flow state. So, and then you're in the bubble of school. So it's not really- reality in yeah. real life. It's uh, it's this fake reality where everyone is nice to each other and everyone's supportive and helpful. And then you come out into the real world and it's completely different. But when I was there, it was the first time I felt probably in a community and connected to home when mm. I was in school. That was really unique for me because I moved 
at age 10 from Tumblr Ridge, BC, which is a really small town, to um, Grand Prairie, Alberta. Mm. And that was hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big transition. Yeah. So tell us when you came out of school and you said that wasn't the reality and it was it was tricky. So what, yeah, what Toronto, bustling city, didn't know anything about business because they don't really teach you that and had to also learn how to practice because it's one thing to learn in theory and it's the other thing to practice mm-hmm. your medicine. Mm-hmm. So I failed horribly and <laughs> <laughs> decided to come back home because I was out of money and went to Fort Mac and actually didn't practice for a while. I, I was, I thought I'd made the wrong decision. Oh. So I gave up my practice and my parents, my mom was just kind of shocked. And I was like, don't even talk to me. I'm going to work in the city. So I was doing arts and crafts for the city and people were coming up to me randomly being like, do you know a naturopath in town? And I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The universe. Yeah. So I put on my big bro boots and <laughs> went to find a clinic and with our type of medicine, you just literally apply to every clinic saying, I'm a naturopath. Can I work with you? And an acupuncture clinic actually accepted me. Mm. And I studied under two acupuncture doctors, which is why Chinese medicine is really strong in my practice. And yeah, did. And the cool thing about Fort Mac is you see all types of things that you wouldn't see in, mm. in a regular city. Like for example, if I practiced here in Kelowna, someone has limes, they're going to go to somebody who specializes in limes. Someone has fertility, they're going to go to fertility. Whereas in Fort Mac, I was the only naturopath mm. for about five or six years at wow. the time. So I got to see everything. Mm. And it was a little different because people are really busy. They don't have time for any type of diet change. They're working on shift schedules. There's stress to the max. So I had to learn how to practice a little differently. How do you give the least amount of supplements, the least amount of testing and the most amount of results? Wow. That's a lot of and pressure too. That is you, a lot of right? pressure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with no other naturopath. Yeah, you, right? Right. Just do it all yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then did that kind of carry forward to your practice as you moved to Calgary and Kelowna or did it shift as you moved cities basically? So when I moved to, I decided I need to get out of Fort Mac. So I moved to Calgary and I did a half and half time. Half, like maybe, you know, a week in Calgary, a week in Fort McMurray. And I was trying to fit into other naturopathic doctors the way they were practicing. And that was probably a bit of just insecurity because I had not been around other naturopaths. So it, it obviously it didn't work, right? You can't, you can't do what you don't know how to do. And then I wasn't, I wasn't, how do I say this? I probably wasn't succeeding as well as I could in Calgary. And then at the time, I think there was an oil, something going on with the oil industry and the whole city just... Fell apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So my parents were moving and retiring to Kelowna and I just hopped along. <laughs> I came here, I helped them move, big heart pull, and I just quit my practice the next month and came here. Mm. And that's when I really started getting into what I love to do, which is the whole mind, body medicine and all the things because the old way of doing things just wasn't working for me. So mm-hmm. tell us some more about what this you do love to do. Yes, I'm yes, so excited. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I love to work with hormones, work with emotions, work with the ancient ways of doing things like homeopathy and Chinese medicine and really pulling in the mind with the body and healing the whole system in that way. Mm. So would you say maybe that was where, you know, when you said I, I failed horribly before and it sound, sounds to me like you were maybe trying to be something you weren't and now you've kind of come into maybe creating your own way of doing things. Yes, absolutely. And that also took a lot of time to actually own, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
even being in Cologne, I just tried, I saw everyone's doing IVs, everyone's doing this. And, and I just tried everything and didn't succeed at anything. Like that's how it felt like inside. Yeah. Obviously the, the, the cool thing about Kelowna too, is when I came here, that's when the mind body stuff started opening. Mm. So as I was leaving Calgary, some of my patients could tell me, go see a body talker. She's amazing. And I didn't know what it was. And my boyfriend at the time, I told him to go because he was having some issue. And <laughs> I don't know what it is, but you should go. And he didn't believe in any woo stuff. And he was like, that was amazing. I don't know what she did. And I was like, well, I don't know what she did. So I went to see it too. And I was like, what is this? She sits you down, she talks to your body. And then she knows things about you that you've never shared or don't even know about yourself. And then it's gone. And so I took the course. It was a four-day course. And then I moved to Kelowna. So I started, I didn't know how to integrate it into practice. So I started just, mm. when I do needles on people, I started just talking to their body and doing the techniques. Oh. And then, So what kind of things do you say? Because I see you, you're gesturing, you're, oh. like you're holding yeah. your hand. And this then is, this is the muscle say? testing. So yeah. instead of saying, what's going on, Bella? I'd be like... I'll ask your body, how are you today? What do you like to work on? And they're in body talk, there's a chart. Okay. So it will kind of tell you where the system is going. Is it the organ system? Is it the mind? Is it a past thought? Is it like what's going on here? And it kind of takes you through the chart until you get to a specific spot. Mm. And then from there, this sounds really weird, but you kind of tap it out on the body and something shifts. And it was really cool because I was getting these patients just as I was leaving Fort Mac where that just, I just wasn't touching the root. Like I was giving them the supplements, I was doing the acupuncture and we were talking about things, but it, they still weren't shifting. Mm -hmm. Like they had to keep coming back. And it was almost so frustrating to me because I was like, I know I'm not helping this person as much as I can. Hence why I started looking for different ways of talking to the body. And so when the body like shows you what you're going to work on for that day, then do you choose, okay, we're going to do some acupuncture or would somebody come in and say, oh, I want to do acupuncture and then you do the body test? Or do you just sort of say, we're going to test the body and then I'm going to suggest to you what we need to do to help release this? Or none of the above. Or none. <laughs> so as I evolved, I started doing different things, hypnotherapy, theta healing, subconscious belief programming work. And now what I love doing is teaching the patient how to do this work themselves. Because mm -hmm. the other problem I was getting was people were coming in and saying, fix me. Tell me what my body's saying today. Like, because it became so cool, right? Like, oh, mm -hmm. that's cool. That's inside me. But then again, disempowering, it wasn't shifting fully. Mm -hmm. People were coming in and uh, they would shift a little bit, but then the root underlying, like just if it was worthiness, the root just still was there. Mm -hmm. So just probably in the last year, I'd say maybe eight months, I started teaching people how to do it. So generally my follow-up is you lay on the table. I put needles for your constitution or for what we're working on, whether it's like menstruation or anxiety or whatever's going on. And then that's getting taken care of. Then I can go into the emotions. Like what's going on with you? And mm. then let's see, I generally these days, drop them into like a hypnosis, like theta brainwave state and get them to find what's blocking them and get them to pull it out and become friends with their body. Okay, that's I cool. I definitely need to. Yeah, I was like, I need to too. sign up. Yeah. yeah. 
So you were saying, uh, Rena, that when you first came to Kelowna, that was when your mind body kind of, that all kind of came together for you. I've talked about this girls about mm-hmm. how this is. I, mean, I was thinking here. about you. Okay. Like we've heard this from so many women that once you come here, it all kind of like clicks. Mm-hmm. And so would you say that kind of sounds like that was the way for you? Yeah, I definitely had a hard pull coming here. Nice. Everything in my being was like moved to Kelowna and it didn't mm-hmm. make sense, but I just had to follow that. Wow. That is not yeah. a unique story from a lot of women yeah, around here. Yeah, right? we've heard sure. that from a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. So now you're here and you feel like you've kind of found home and you're really stepping into what it is you do. So what are you seeing? And I ask this of everyone that is does any healing work. What are the things that you're really currently seeing? What's a repeating theme or an occurring or something that you're you're dealing with in patients? Yes. For me, I deal a lot with mood stuff. Okay. So anxiety, depression, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of women who are just leveling up. So I call it like the upper limiting beliefs. Yeah. They've done the basic self-work. They know, you know, but they're now they're doing something really big. And all of a sudden, all these belief systems are come crashing down. They're like, I did this work. I don't know what's going on. So there's that issue. And then fertility issues, menstrual issues. Mm, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So give us a little bit of like a, you know, a a little, if you can, like a couple little tips or tricks or things that we could do for, let's say moods and, you know, maybe for each of those, if you, if you could, I know that's not, it's not, it's not, it's a broad scope. So it's not easy, but it's a broad scope. And our style of medicine is a little different. So if you come in with low energy, let's say, Mm -hmm. why we have to see what's going on in your body. What's your constitution? Are you like a hot, cold person? Are you stuck? Have you been through a lot of things? That's going to change the whole treatment plan. Mm -hmm. This is where it comes really different than conventional medicine. Mm -hmm. So we'll use the classic low energy, right? Someone comes in with low energy, probably first thing I'm going to do is look at what they're eating. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a food sensitivity. Maybe there's a food that doesn't agree with their system, like dairy, for example, which is pretty mucusy. Then maybe we'll support them with some herbs I love using, like the adaptogenic herbs, for example, rhodiola, ashwagandha, leucococcus, all those beautiful herbs that give you that sustained energy instead of the whole coffee, coffee high yeah. low. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then we're going to get to the root of, well, actually what's draining your energy. Go into that acupuncture, kind of treat the root cause and then see what's going on. Sometimes it's like, relationship issues. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's work. Sometimes it's, they don't even like Kelowna and they need to move and everything in their life is telling them just get out of here. And it's just kind of coming back to your body instead of fighting with it, just becoming friends and using it as a tool. Mm. I love Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I remember because I was going through infertility issues and, um, uh, did the Western medicine and it, my journey was about four years it took uh, for me to get pregnant and um, went to the Western doctors. It was pill after pill, injection after injection, you know, tests, the poking, the prodding, the amount of people that have been up my yoni <laughs> okay, for testing and, and whatnot, the different hormones was crazy. And then finally I went and I saw an acupuncturist um, and a natural path. So the two of them were were working with me and it wasn't until that time that I actually started connecting that mind body because mm-hmm. my mind was always in that state of, I can't have children. 
why is there like why is this happening to me there's something wrong with me i'll never be a mother why like i can't this the negative self talk and then i was talking to my doctor and uh, she said to me you need to start changing the way you talk because it's connected those limiting words limiting beliefs shut down your cells so your body's like yeah we're not ready so i had to start journaling and saying stuff like and and affirmation saying you know i am capable of having children my womb is ready to receive life within me like those were really powerful mm-hmm. affirmations then i started feeling more open to to the the process and if it wasn't for you know the acupuncture and the herbs and and that kind of stuff i don't think i would have my children's today because there was a shift and she did uh that's a her dig deep that's a tongue twister <laughs> dig deep yeah <laughs> on what you know what was going on in my head and then why my body was responding the way it was responding so you know like those treatments are so important that it's not just the one western stuff because pills can't fix everything totally <laughs> yeah and the mind and body like if are so connected and I, I know that you were we were looking at your bio on your website earlier and you were saying that uh, well in your story you talk about you know having your mind and body having to come together right and for me like Bella was just talking about like her mind being the way of her body and uh, for me I had to um really at one point come to terms with the fact that like my body was stronger and been through a lot more than my I was giving myself credit for because our our bodies and our mind it's not just like our mind has overcome things but our body holds like all these things that we've gone through in our life as well and just understanding that for me it was like oh my body is actually strong too mm-hmm. it wasn't just my mind and my mental ability to like overcome something Yeah, absolutely. I actually trust the body more than the mind. The mind is too fickle. It has too many filters based on emotional stories from the past. And you only see things through that filter after a while. Mm. And so it it's too hard to deal with. That's why I had to go to the body. I had to go through the body. And actually, I'm just kind of in the middle of Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. I don't know if you guys have read yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's talking right now about how the environment of the cells... Um, the environment around the cell is what changes the environment of the body. And so when they take out the brain, the body still functions pretty good. When they take out the cell membrane, the cell just dies. Wow. So there is like a thing inside our body, this intuitive, like beautiful system that we could use instead of our mental brain, which only picks up a fraction of the information. Even in this room right now, right? You're seeing this point. I'm seeing this point. We're not really seeing the full picture here. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I got that. Yeah. Yeah, I love all that stuff. I That's love like, all the yeah. Bruce Lipton and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I love that you're saying that. And so you then first would treat the body. Like that's where you would sort of, that's where you do yeah. most of your work then. Because I'm not trained in mind. Like I'm not a counselor right. or a therapist. Um, I feel like that kind of is interwoven in every profession though, because we're human mm-hmm. and we can connect with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when the body isn't functioning well, we it's really hard to think and it's really hard to make changes. Like your willpower is next to nothing. 
-hmm. Just getting up and getting through the day is difficult. So if someone comes in with just say anxiety, I'm not going to just jump on the whole anxiety bandwagon. Let's just calm the body down, Mm -hmm. give it what it needs. Maybe some calming herbs. Maybe let's jump on the sleep bandwagon and get everything as good as we possibly can. And then we start going into the whole mind-body connection. And this is why I love using acupuncture because it can drop the person into this like calm theta brain state. And then they're ready to receive Mm. versus if you come in and you're all uppity and then you're trying to, you're pretty much like fighting with the patient at that point. You can't change someone's mind just by talking to them. They, They have to feel it. Like that's the coolest thing about what I do now. And I was blown away because like the more I pulled back, the faster the patient healed. Mm-hmm. And so they'd be on the table and they're the ones putting things together. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of sitting there and just guiding them. But yeah. It's, yeah. it's beautiful to watch and it's beautiful to witness because it just reminds me we're all our own healers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You're for just sure. Guide. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do remember like being on the table. I was coming in with, you know, a lot of emotion uh, around the infertility. And uh, I lay down and she put a couple needles in me. And then I felt like this switch and I just started to cry. It was such an awesome release. Mm. And I was able to really take a moment and connect with what is happening and feel what is happening within my body, which mm. I didn't know I had so much stress and so much anxiety around it that, yeah, I think it's a really powerful. And then we were able to work on that mind-body connection. Mm-hmm. But we did. We worked. We didn't work on oh you have this that it was first the body first the body yeah. first the body yeah yeah I had a patient recently who got her tubes tied mm-hmm. her fertility but she was in a relationship that wasn't a very good relationship very abusive relationship and the decision was her partner's and Aww. so she came in having perfect periods her whole life two kids and after that just horrible periods and we just one session sat her down got her, you know, back in her body and then had a conversation mm-hmm. about these tubes tying and what that meant and everything with herself. She's the one doing it. And ever since then, it's been fine. Wow. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Right? I mean, I, it is, and I'm not really surprised, but I've, I'm fascinated by it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Rena, you talked in your talk that we recently just saw you about stress, mm-hmm. which is huge. There's not anyone that doesn't have it and we kind of need a little bit of it, right? Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. What would you like to know? Well, I'd like to know. Uh, I think everyone's a little bit stressed and you yes. talked a little bit about getting into, like give us some ideas of how to handle stress. What are your, what are your tips and what are things we can do? Sure. Uh, I think first of all, it's important to know what it feels like not to be stressed. Okay. See, I need so to know. So feeling is important. Like if I tell you what is happiness, you can give me a lot of ideas, but if you don't know what happiness feels like, mm-hmm. then it becomes very difficult to find this feeling. So sometimes when you do acupuncture, just like Bella was saying, you drop and you're like, I haven't felt this relaxed in ages. Mm-hmm. Like what's going on? That that's That's how we deal with stress. So what are things that can put you into that state? Whether it's acupuncture, whether it's breathing, whether it's meditating, walking outside, it's beautiful out right now. Um, a bath, anything to make your body calm down. The easiest way too is to lie on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're having like a um, stressful day, you just lie on the floor. Your body at a, in a parasympathetic state when you're lying down, it just drops into that state a lot easier. Oh, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, for grounding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So anything that you can do that you know that will help you. Some people use essential oils. It's a feeling though. So I love using the heart math as I did on the talk, just hands on heart, 
30 seconds to a minute of words of gratitude and appreciation and you will put your body in that parasympathetic state. Box breathing is another one. Four counts in, four counts hold, four counts out, four counts hold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or getting off pills. <laughs> oh yeah, honestly, because I, I was on some pills um, because of my when my dad passed. I was I'm like I need something, mm -hmm. and they worked for about the first month. I felt calmer, but then the second month, it's been two months uh, that I've been I'm off them now. The anxiety started to build, and I didn't. I'm like, oh, well, I'm taking these four anxiety, so it can't <laughs> be them, right? But it yeah. just every day it goes worse and worse. I mm -hmm. couldn't sleep. This constant you know, choking in my throat, this constant like uh, burning in my chest. And then I looked at myself in the mirror. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get off these things mm -hmm. because before all of this happened, I was very natural, but I'm like, okay, this is not working. This is like a, a huge event that, ha that happened. I went to my doctor and said, I need something. And mm -hmm. that's what, you know, they prescribed, but it was getting worse and worse. And then next day I got off. And then that, you know, that yeah. feeling mm -hmm. of, wow, it's been a week and a half and I'm so much calmer. This anxiety is gone. So having that aha moment, it's like, oh, this is what it feels like to not have anxiety. Okay, I, I got it, got it. Mm -hmm. You know, so now I'm, you know, getting off all of that and then getting back into more of my natural yeah. way of being because I'm not even like, it's hard for me. I was working with my natural path in Edmonton. And, uh, you know, you get these pills, the supplements. I'm like, okay, give me the least amount because I'm not a pill popper. I right. Can, right. I can drink them. But give me variety mm -hmm. because I can't do all the mm -hmm. pills, right? Whether it's vitamin D, C, B, D, and then yeah. all these other, you know. So yeah, how do you? Yes. So this is, I, I don't like pill pushing at all. I don't like to do it. I don't like to take it. I encourage my patients to use their intuition with their regime. And I usually only prescribe things that will give a result like within a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So all the nutraceuticals, like the vitamin stuff, they do have a really good effect. There's lots of research behind it and there's lots of education behind it. So if as an individual, you want to do it by all means. But if you're usually seeing me, there's there's a, something specific that you're wanting to address. Mm -hmm. And that's when I usually actually truthfully lean on herbs because they are just so magical. They know how to do things and they know how to balance things without, without micromanaging your physiology. Mm. So for example, like the herb Vitex is really good for regulating your progesterone and it knows how to bring it up and it knows how to bring it down. And I don't need to worry so much anymore about like, oh my God, what's happening? Like when you do that blood work and you're giving bioidenticals, which I also do, but that's more in an extreme case, then you have to start micromanaging like someone's physiology and then you're overriding the body's natural innate response to healing. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that with people on um, antidepressants and stuff like that. And not to say we don't need them, but it does shut off a part of your physiology. And so there's these emotions now that are in your system, just building and building and not being able to let out. And then yeah. next thing you know, anxiety, next thing you know, depression and people kind of live in this gray zone. And so then I work on making the environment gentle, working to pull out the emotions. And then when they feel comfortable, weaning off the antidepressant yeah. and supporting them with other things. Mm -hmm. So it's always gentle, always easy. And the body generally will always let you know what order it wants things done in. Yeah. Listening to the body. Listen to the body. Yeah. 
It's we're so not taught to to really tune no. in. And when we do, um, I stopped listening to my body for the last couple of months because I was, you know, bouncing things all the time. But now, you know, with the pills, I'm like, nope, I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm back. I'm ready to take ownership of my body and my health and my mental and then get back to more of the natural way of, of being. Not that, mm-hmm. like I said, mm-hmm. you said, right? That, yeah. that there's nothing wrong with, but when you feel, you know, you know, and I know mm-hmm. they tell you to get off them like, slowly I just like I'm done you're done <laughs> I'm done out. and out I w- and I had no side effect nothing right but that's yeah. again I can't, I'm not a medical expert don't follow my advice okay <laughs> this is just a warning yeah. this is just an opinion piece whatever this is yeah. what worked for me because that that's what I needed I was gonna say I wish that yeah. you though like I don't think you ease into yeah. it right? she's <laughs> like I'm going in or out yeah. but I wish that they did um like I what I love about what you're saying and about naturopathic medicine and in general is is that, you know, we're looking at more than just, yeah, here's a pill or a solution for this. We're looking at the whole body, right? And I've always thought, like, I was in the hospital for several months and on life support and six months of time. And when I came out, I was so depressed, you know, because you're starting this whole thing and nobody teaches you when you're leaving a hospital that, you know, you've been through this huge thing. Your body's been through this huge thing. You've been through this emotional thing. But it's not just that, okay, get back in the world and get better. Like, we don't really as a society Mm -hmm. treat this trauma that your whole body went through being in that state. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen that so much, especially with um, birth trauma, Mm -hmm. people having these horrific experiences and just getting on with it. And then their whole body is not working after that. Um, Yeah, it's it's important. I, I always tell my patients like have a team like one person has a team of healers around them. Mm. Even I do. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And then that way you have a team and then you don't need to rely on your friends and weird things that you read on Google and just <laughs> just like have these people supporting you like a community, mm-hmm. right? In our society too, we don't, we've moved away from this idea of like a group holding space for you. So if you study back in the days, like even when someone was giving birth, there would be like four women around them chanting and holding space Mm. and she'd be either on a birth chair or by a tree or something and literally that energy would just be like cycling through the room Mm. and like literally supporting her holding space for her oh that's so nice so so beautiful like we think about that like oh and then you think today when women go in the hospital you know they're they're nervous they're stressed there's like them and their partner and maybe a couple nurses that are in and out it's like yeah. Oh. She's opening her legs. <laughs> and um and then and there's no support. So of course, what what do you think the body's gonna do? You're yeah. in a state of fear. It's mm-hmm. gonna contract. Now baby's not coming out on the right time. Okay, great. Now we'll give her some, you know, let's like push it through. Let's get her going. And then the whole body just rips open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like too, there's a lot of pressure to have these plans for like birth, right? Mm -hmm. I I feel, this is just my own personal opinion, that is the stupidest thing ever. Not that, you know, because you... A lot of the women that have these intricate, detailed birth plans... I don't think they realize that shit goes wrong. Okay. And, and it's not only the trauma of things not going the way, but then it's like this, I have failed as a yeah, mother know, human. <laughs> this was as a human. It's like, can we just like drop these? Yes. We're going to, you know, are we going to have a doula? Are we going to do a home birth? Are we going to go? And that's it without any expectations. Cause I mean, yeah. I was scheduled C-section 
but my waters broke early, Mm -hmm. right? Like 30 weeks. And I was having babies in the middle of the night. Well, they broke in the middle of the night, my waters. But, you know, and I ended up having a C-section where my husband didn't make it. You know, my mom was in there, you know, and I did what I did was I read up on my birthing situation because I was um, high risk, second highest risk because of the twins. Um, And I did a little bit more. Okay, I'm going to go to the hospital because I may go into the NICU. So I'm going to uh, go check out the NICU, meet the nurses just Mm. in case. So it wasn't such a shock Mm -hmm. for me. And I only did that because my natural path, she told me, she's like, you know, maybe you should do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe, you know, and then, and then she also told me because I ended up getting cholestasis, which um, the liver stops functioning. Mm -hmm. And then you start, you get so itchy. Literally, we had a talk. I went to see her and she's like, you know, sometimes the body does this because, you know, she studied the cases. She was there from the beginning of my insemination, I guess, you know, Um, to the end and she's like you know sometimes this this happens and two three days later I start becoming itchy my whole body is itchy and Lee's like oh I'm reading on this uh, let's make you some bath with oat baths and stuff like that. it wouldn't have worked Mm-mm. right I was like oh my gosh my doctor told me that I didn't get that from my gynecologist nothing you in you're out you check you get out mm-hmm. but it's having that other connection with somebody who actually you know tunes into the body and and mm-hmm. it actually cares. Not that other doctors don't care, but... <laughs> but you have 15 minutes and you're in and out. Yeah, yeah you know, not even. So, so yeah. And then I, I ended up having to go and get antibiotics you can't mm-hmm. or whatever the pills mm-hmm. to help with the liver and stuff like that. But I was like, holy man, without this woman, I would have had a completely different experience because it wasn't the regular experience mm-hmm. that go in go out check in check out that's it mm-hmm. right so yeah. i do i have i yeah but yeah. yeah these birthing plans i feel like that add a little bit more stress and it's too crazy even oh, and this whole thing about natural birth people we all give it's all natural whether it's cutting out mm-hmm. or vaginal <laughs> we're having babies who are natural baby human beings <laughs> they're coming okay, out either way out. <laughs> this whole like and the epidural and all that kind of stuff there's so much pressure so yeah. much I'm going to yoga birth and then everybody's telling them their birthing plans I'm like I do not have a birthing plan and I'm gonna schedule a c-section and I'm gonna get the epidural and holy man if looks could kill, <laughs> I yeah. would not. Yeah. It's yeah. like just everybody just do your own thing. I agree, know? especially with your first one, because you really have zero idea of what it's going to be like. Like you can protect, you know, people can, you know, you take all the classes, you think, you know, but you don't know. No, your first she's one. So the you're right. The like with the birthing plan, you can, you just might as well use it for kindling later because yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's so true. Actually, my nurse had said that. She goes, don't, you can write up a birthing plan, but I'm going to tell you right now, nurses hate them and they're not going to go follow it. So <laughs> do you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and just like that pressure too of people to be like, oh, I have to have this quote unquote, like you called it natural birth after having a C-section. People put so much pressure on themselves to have to have a birth mm-hmm. through the vagina afterwards. And you're like, why? Like, why do you have to? You don't have mm-hmm. to. And people put themselves at such risk. But anyway. Yeah. 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 Childbirth is pretty risky. I mean, in this day and age, it's pretty cool that most women who get pregnant don't die. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's, we think about control, right? Like this is something we, I usually deal with, especially with my infertility patients is like, mm-hmm. 
you can't control anything. And having, having a child is like the most biggest question mark. What's this child going to be like? How are they going to come out? (laughs) What's going to happen in my brain? Like there's so many unknowns, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of how life is. So can you be present in the moment and just trust this bigger part of you? Mm. And then that's when I think like our heart space, that 20 to 100 foot radius around us that picks up on information that we don't even know about. It's that gut feeling or like mom's intuition Mm. or that feeling even for you being like, you know what, I should just check this out. And you're just following it. Then the body is like more fluid and open and you're working with yourself. And then it comes back to, I trust my intuition. I know what to do for my body. My body and I are friends. Mm -hmm. And all of this doesn't matter anymore, but hopefully we're moving in that direction. Like that's one of my big things with people is like creating this community where you really just trust yourself. Just trust and surrender to the process. It's something, I just came back from India a month ago and it's been this big theme of mine lately. And um, I'm blown away. I didn't even think I was controlling. <laughs> so, and then I realized from one of my own healers that she's like, you really try to control um, other people's emotions in your environment. I'm like, well, I kind of do that for my living, right? But then of course they're paying me. So maybe there's a nice exchange. But then thinking back to my childhood, it was sometimes very um, like volatile, and mm-hmm. yelling and stuff. And I'm really sensitive. So I started getting really angry as a kid. And then now I'm like, if the environment is in a certain way, then I would get like really stressed out and anxious and want to like run away. And then coming back, I realized like, oh my God. So now I'm working on what do you do when you're kind of like want a calm environment and it's not calm? What do you do in the moment? And you don't try to control it. So one of my healers told me, make your heart space really big and think about purification of the room. Mm. And it's something that just landed really nicely with me. I'm like, oh my God. For someone who wants to control something, this is the best thing I could do. And so I close my eyes and I just imagine that big ripple getting bigger and just raising the room. And then all of a sudden I'm in, again, I'm in that flow state. I'm connected with my body. I'm connected with everything that's supposed to be. And honestly, it's just opened up my whole world. I can't, I can't even begin to tell you what's happened in the last couple of months. Wow, that's wow. powerful. Yeah. Well, yeah. do tell well, us. Well, do <laughs> tell us what. Get it. <laughs> well, because ultimately you can't control people, right? And I think that's where those that people pleasing comes in, right? Mm-hmm. I know that for me, it's like, oh, I just want everyone to be happy so that it's happy and it's just calm. I can totally mm-hmm. resonate with that. So I think, yeah, you're the only one that has any control over that because you can't. Yeah, and it's and it's and they're just like, just control yourself. But that's really hard for someone who's sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like you don't just control yourself because your body is like this, big barometer that picks yeah. up on information. Yeah. So it's kind of like, what if you could hold the vibration of yourself and mm-hmm. make it big? Moms do this really well. So like if a kid's throwing a tantrum, you could either drop down and throw a tantrum at the kid mm-hmm. or you could hold space for the kid. And what does that really mean? You're not just like holding it together until this kid stops and then freaking out. It's like, you're, you're just being calm and kind of almost coming back to your heart space of like, mm-hmm. This is my big soul self. This is what I'm about. I can do this. I'm pretty strong, you know? I love this kid. And then just, and then the kid will just stop. You know, everything will just be calmed down. And then all of a sudden you just raise the room. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. I have been actually trying that because mm-hmm. um, my, one of my kids is very emotional. The whole period thing, now they're both having. Well, of course, because they're twins. twins. Yeah, right. So just wow. day apart, you know, uh-huh. and they're so happy they're coming in and they're like, look. And it's like, oh, okay. Because there was a bit of a whole 
thing about one getting it and the other not because it's constant competition. Like yeah. you do not want this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Think about your summer. Um, but yeah, just like practicing when they're having a freak out, not to engage in that freak out and telling myself, okay, you're calm, you're cool, you're collected. Let them just, you know, get whatever emotions. So I'm still practicing because yeah. honestly, you know, one time I say, two times I say, three times I say, and now it's like, now my vibrations are rising. <laughs> so, yeah. but it is, it's, I told well, that's, you. That's yeah. the work, right? Yeah. That's, that that's is the work, literally yeah. what we do every day. Every day, try to put aside 10 minutes and talk to your body and ask it how it's doing. In the morning, this is my morning practice, before I get out of bed, I just say my gratitude and then I ask my body, how are you doing today? Mm. And I give myself a little belly rub and I talk to self and then get out of bed and do your day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my friend Jessica does that too. Jessica Grace and Flo. She talks. She always says she talks. She's like, "Hey, girl, how you doing today? Yeah. What, what do you need?" She kind of talks yeah. to it like a girlfriend, and I really, I think that's important that we do that. So right? Yeah. I love um, inner child work too. Mm. So, like going back to your little girl or little boy, and just saying like, "Hey, how's it going today?" Like, because usually the way we act in a stressful situation will be our little version trying to protect us. Oh, yes. So. Mm, it just say if when you were younger, if mom and dad were fighting and your your coping mechanism was to shut off, then all of a sudden, you know, as an adult, you just kind of all of a sudden randomly just shut off and just like dissociate. And you're like, what is going on here? Like, I know mm -hmm. better than this. And then you go back and talk to your little girl, tell her it's okay, become friends with her, but feel it. That's like kind of what the hypno thing's about. And then, and then talk to her every day. Yeah. yeah. So all our little girls are playing in the corner yeah. while we're having these adult conversation, mm -hmm. right? And they're just always around you. When she's sad, you hold her. And when she's happy, you play with her. So it's so funny that you're talking about that right now because this morning, I yesterday I didn't make my bed. And for like, after I left um, living at home as a, you know, in my early, I was 19, almost 20. Um, I went to school and I was like, I'm never making my bed again because my stepdad was just like a stickler for making the bed and I used to like to piss him off. So <laughs> I didn't want to make the bed, but I always got in trouble. I had to make the bed. So then, and my mom loves making a bed. It's her thing. So then I was like, screw this. I'm never making a bed again. And I really haven't made a bed in a long time, except then I stayed at Bella's and I was making the bed because everyone there makes the bed and I wanted it to look nice. And I knew Bob Show would say something for make the bed. So I just wanted to make the bed, right? And so then this morning, yesterday I didn't make the bed. And then I went to bed and I was like, oh, the bed's out of place and everything's bothering me. Today I woke up and I was like, you know what, 15 year old Alex, it's okay mm -hmm. that 40 year old Alex likes making a bed. I'm going to make a bed now. You don't have to hold on to 15 year old oh Alex not wanting to make a bed. And I was like, yes. And then I made the bed and I left the house and I was like, thank you, Pico Hustle. It's okay to make a bed. Yeah, I love that. It just yeah. funny. Yeah. I love all that inner child stuff. And I find myself um, when I'm getting angry at my girls, they're 11 and 12. I just picture them as those little like three and four year olds. Mm. And then I talk to them that way. Because sometimes mm -hmm. I know for me, I have such big expectations of what I think a 12-year-old should be doing, mm -hmm. which is the biggest disservice I can be doing for her. Mm -hmm. And so with looking at myself in that way, I also kind of remember my kids as that little like three and four-year-old. And then I always... It brings me back to how I can hopefully, hopefully keep them out of therapy yeah. moving forward. <laughs> I, um, yeah, that's... I do that with everyone. Yeah. Even, even patients, like you see their little person 
And if you do, if you do that when you walk around the world, your whole world changes. Can you imagine how yeah. our world would be if we all just treated everybody for like everyone, yeah. <laughs> four year old, yeah. yeah, and didn't know better? Yeah, honest it's, to goodness, it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's it's a beautiful. Or another one I love doing is like if you're in meditation and you're in conflict with someone, just just get out soul to soul. So like imagine yourself coming out of your body like a little blip mm-hmm. and then you come out of their body and then just literally talk to their soul and you'll get a completely different response on like why they're doing what they're doing. And then you're like, oh crap, I didn't really realize you were just hurting that bad or whatever's going on because the answers that come up are just crazy. In meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Speak to their high self. Yeah. yeah I, I do that with my patients too. And then that way they can, they can feel it, right? Like the whole idea is to feel it and not yeah. have something done to you anymore. Yeah. To go through the experience yourself. Oh, wow. Very powerful. Wow. Yes. I'm like, every time I'm like, we are so needing to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I think it's safe awesome. to say we're getting the most out of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, <right? laughs> I hope our listeners are getting as much as we're getting. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, we're just so we're lucky like, oh, that we oh, have sign for this. abundance <laughs> of amazing women. <laughs> Truly. You know, mm-hmm. around in this community that come out and they share their gifts. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. So tell us more. Tell us yeah. more. <laughs> So I, I love, um, so I'm going to ask you this question and I would love to hear your take because I've asked many people this question and I love all the different answers for you. How do you differentiate between intuition and fear? Mm -hmm. It's a tough question, right? I have to tell it to you through a story. So when I was in Calgary, it was probably my lowest point of my life. Okay. Just getting out of like a physically abusive relationship um, failing at my business, right? Winter, I don't know. So, and I used to get these really bad anxiety attacks and, you know, I'm a naturopath. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I have these herbs, of course, nothing worked. So then one day I came to it and I sat on the floor and I was just sitting there in the anxiety and I was like, you know what? If I die, I die. At this point, I'm done. I'm done with his anxiety, but I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to sit in it and I think I'm probably going to die. I'm probably going to fall over on the floor. <laughs> That's okay. So I, I did and I sat and I sat in it and it got more and more and more. And I started getting like really panicky. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've never felt this before. And then all of a sudden something happened and it flipped. And I felt this immense, immense bliss in my body. And it was just, I, I just sat in it and mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was or what happened. And, I was, and then I, when I got out of it, I was like, what happened? And it was the beginning of my recovery, let's say, out mm. of that dark time. And then I started thinking like, then it was almost like they're like, well, now you figure that out because we, we gave you a taste of that. Now you can figure it out. And so as I learned more and more and more on the spectrum of like fear and love, right? Is all the other emotions in between. Mm-hmm. So usually when I help people with their intuition, it's especially with your body, it's a couple words, it's a feeling, it's a snapshot moment, that's it. But when it's fear, there's a lot of like words associated with it. There's a lot of story behind it. And you'll notice in your body, it's very contracted. Like you're not really breathing much anymore. Mm -hmm. And you're like kind of sitting curled in and you can't even feel your body sometimes. You're just like really heady. Yeah. Uh, so that's never a good time to make any type of life decision or any decision. Just, just stay, just try to get out of that into a neutral place. But what I recently started doing with people is pulling out the fear and holding it in their hands Mm. and then just asking the fear to transform to what it truly wants to be. 
and it changes and it keeps changing and it keeps transforming until it usually gets to a place that's like bliss and love. And so the lesson is, and it's cool because people are like, oh my God. So all of the fear is love Mm -hmm. and all of the fear is just like a stuck energy that wants to be this beautiful, loving energy. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful. Thank you. So if you, if you can just like learn how to do that, which only takes a couple seconds of just dropping that state and then allowing it to hold and shift. You'll, you'll, you'll feel it yourself. Everyone has this ability. That's a thing you were born feeling like little kids only feel and they go through emotions like quickly. quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're done. Mad, they're, they're angry. Sad. They're done. <laughs> no, no. And then yeah. you're like, how come there's no story to this? Like, how come they're not angry for weeks? No, they're not like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's they like a learned thing. Yeah. They don't hold grudges. Yeah. Yeah. They're still raging uh, for yeah. weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, how is this normal? So, and then as we get older, we start having this story yeah. and we start we start looking at our world and it's like, well, that's why I have anxiety. That's why I have, and then you start pushing it, pushing it. And then it's not real. It's Mm -hmm. not real. Our emotions, I think are like 90 seconds at the most physiologically in our body. Interesting. And then the hormones just come out. That's what you're always saying about, they said at Landmark, 90 seconds, if you have like a raging. Yeah. Just take, you know, take a moment, step out, take a breather, breathe. For 90 seconds and then it'll be done. The emotions are, they're done. Yeah. And you can, but if you engage in the emotion, then it's, then it's not 90 seconds. Because then (laughs) usually you say something that resonates for months later. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Something you didn't want to say. Yeah. But it is, is that feeling, you Mm -hmm. know, that said 90 seconds and then it's, it's, it's gone. Yeah. And it sounds really good in theory, but if there's like a backstory, it's really hard to like, Get, yeah. yeah, get that out in 90 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Well, because I think a lot of people don't even know you're in it. I mean, I've had yeah. moments in my life, I feel like I'm evolved now, but uh, <laughs> where you can't even see the forest for the trees, you know, like you, you can't recognize it as a story mm-hmm. unless you've had that awareness, right? Mm-hmm. So for, I think many people, your story is your life. And mm-hmm. so you don't, they can't see a way out, right? Yeah, Which is what makes stops. what you do so yeah. much more yeah. important. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's truly why like I feel really blessed and confident now to do this new way of medicine, mm-hmm. even than other naturopaths. You know what I mean? Like it's cool. People who want that kind of pharmaceutical conventional style of natural medicine, we have those people now, mm-hmm. right? Because the population is all at different places. Yeah. yeah. And then people who want that next level, like I just feel like that's who I want to work with and that's what I can teach really, really well. Mm. So Yeah, I think we're in a state of more consciousness. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're becoming more aware and using different parts of our brains and our bodies. We're tapping into Mm -hmm. a a different level, Mm. I feel like. Mm -hmm. But what do I know? No, honestly, (laughs) I think so, yeah. I think so. When I see kids, like young kids come in, like they are so woke. Mm -hmm. They're just like, I'm like, I have a 16 year old coming. Can, can, can I work on my self um, love and self respect? And I'm like, oh my God, that was like a 30 <laughs> yeah, year yeah. like, <laughs> asked me for books. And I was like, oh my gosh, if only I did this when I was 16. Exactly, right? right? Well, yeah. Because this generation, I think, has big work to do and they don't have time to mm-hmm. mess around. Exactly. And uh, we just had a conversation about this about how I think our, you know, the way that we've changed as parents are creating, and, and also too, now more than ever, we're not the only influence in our children's lives, which is mm-hmm. why I was saying to you, it's everyone in the world is helping raise my children because mm-hmm. there's social media, there's, you know, the peers, there's teachers, there's everyone is influencing our children and now they more all than come, ever. Yeah. With a story yeah, mm-hmm. and their mm-hmm. stories become mm-hmm. our yeah. kids' stories as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's awesome. 
Yeah. All right. Well, this was awesome. See, Amazing. and you thought you wouldn't know what to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we're, wow, that's Never bad. do we ever have that problem, ever. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, awesome. So we have a couple questions. Oh, yeah. So we always end it with a question about um, trying something new where we're just telescoping one question. So what do you know now? I mean, you've kind of already shared this. What do you know now that you wish you knew like your younger self knew? Or you'd oh go gosh. back in time, you'd say, hey, younger self. And feel free to say more than one because I'm sure there's many things. <laughs> I'd have to honestly say worthiness. Mm. If there was one thing in my life that has held me back, it was trying to be what someone else wanted me to be. Mm. And I'm I'm firstborn of immigrant parents. And so there's a lot of pressure to just be perfect. Yeah. yeah. Are you an only child? No, I have a sister who, who I took the brunt and she was. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, there's always the way. <laughs> so I, and then I think it took me a long time to just, own it to just be like, I live differently. I do different choices. I know this will work for me. And that's part of worthiness. Mm -hmm. And um, also, oddly enough, going to India, I was meditating one day and I had a really strong hit to be like, you need to go to India. And last time I went, I was 16 and I didn't have a good experience. And I was like, I don't want to go. No. And it just kept happening. I was like, fine. (laughs) I have a best friend who lives there. So I went there and I had a huge heart opening. Mm -hmm. Like this... I can't even explain it properly. I've been trying to lately, but it was this feeling inside of being so connected to everything, to the world, to people around me, and to really know what community felt like and service felt like and just being human felt like. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've even let myself be that open ever. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I came back here and I was like, this is what I need to do. But also, this is what I've been missing. Mm-hmm. Like, this is that piece of worthiness. I realized. This is why I'm Indian. This is why I'm like, there's something in this culture that they have that we don't have here. And I can totally bring this here, right? Mm -hmm. But that's again, that worthiness piece of like, are you worth it enough to teach this to people? And do you do this in your practice? Like no other naturopath does this. Like, are you allowed to do this? And lots of questions, but I think if the intention is there and Mm -hmm. just being very, very authentic with myself and checking myself constantly, that meditation, that really following that intuitive alignment mm, is, nice. is, mm-hmm. is something I do often. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, like, that's awesome to hear. We've, I've had one of those moments, but I feel like you have a moment, you've grown and then there's more like you're 100%, always, yeah. always having always. Oh my God. When I came back, I was like, I'm amazing. I'm so open. And then this huge control thing just slapped me in the face. And I was like, oh my gosh. When it's like, it's always constant learning. Yeah. How could it not be, right? Yeah. Well, because I think you kind of, you evolve and then it's like, okay, now you have different things you need to tackle. And then you evolve again. It's like, okay, now you're dealing with this. And then each mm-hmm. layer, there's going to always be something, uh, which ultimately creates our, our growth, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of change and, and and evolve with each level, which is so beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. So tell us where um, people can find you if they want to come be, you know. In, in Kelowna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my practice is on Ellis and Harvey. The best way to find me is on my website. Okay. Yeah, www.renasanynd.com. Okay. We'll I'm on Instagram comments. as well, which I can be a bit more open and fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be more myself. I love doing reels lately. That's if that's a thing. So yeah. yeah, and I do workshops. I write. I kind of yeah. Service is big this year. Mm, so that's great. 
I'm doing a lot of hypnoacupuncture workshops and collaborating with people in the community. So all that's on my website. So you can just check it out there. Awesome. Okay. Well, well thank, thank you. Rena. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Rena. Thank you. Where does the time go? Yeah. Yes. Thank all you so right. much for this opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. Thank You'll you have for to come coming back. and sharing all your wisdom, wisdom. and knowledge. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Till the next one. Okay. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. So tell us what's going on in your world. What's what's working, what's not working, how we can support you. What are some good topics? And don't forget to follow us at Let's Not Sugarcoat It Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time. Bye. Bye. See you.